everyone, welcome to Wild Thoughts with Nick and Koki. I'm your host Nick, and this is my co-host Koki. So this is the first installment of our new podcast, but the fourth or fifth installment of podcast with Koki and I together, and yep. we're going to start off with something that happened a couple blocks down the road from where we are attending college. Yeah, down and here in downtown, yeah. An event that actually both of us were attending, so... Koki, you want to walk us through what was going on while you were down there at the um, rally? I got down the rally, like, I'd say like an hour before a speech, hour and a half before a speech, and I, we got in line for with like the uh, with the Trump people just to, like, experience it. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was pretty cool, to be honest. Like, like just seeing the, the contrast of people. Like, um, just with motions running high on both sides. It was tense, but, I mean, I thought the police did a really good job of keeping everything together. So we were in line for, like, an hour to wait for him, and we only got, like, two and a half blocks down, and his speech started. So it was like, you know, <laughs> can't really... There's, there's not much we could do, so we just bailed the line. We even though there's still five more blocks until you can get in. I mean, it was that, cra- it was that crazy. I mean, I'm not even kidding. When I'm saying that, and um, then we joined the protesters, and um, just like I took a lot of Snapchats and stuff, it was really cool. I thought it was like a really good experience, um, seeing such a uh, having such like a uh, a crowd there um, at one time. Yeah, and then you came in a little later, right? Yeah. So I personally had class. My classes are set up so that I don't have any in the morning, but so I had some in the early afternoon. So I wasn't able to go with all of them and get in line or go. I know some people that got in, some people that waited and didn't get in, but I wasn't able to go with any of those groups. So when I got done with class, I went home or went back to my dorm, did some homework. And then a couple friends texted me and were like, hey, we're going to go back to the protests. Do you want to come out? And I was like, yeah, why not? So I went down, checked out the protests and it was, it was, it was, it was a cool experience, but yeah. there was definitely... There were definitely a lot of different sides because there were people, there were obviously the people walking on one side of the street going to the rally or leaving the rally. And then there were people on the other side, on the protest side, that some people just let these people walk and then some people would shout expletives or yeah. boo these people A lot of it is walked. like, as they were walking in, people were yelling, walk of shame, walk of shame and very Yeah, I heard loud, a lot of that. Heard a lot I of boos. understand. But, a lot of loud expletives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of calling people Nazis. Yeah, which is premature. Even though I'm not, yeah. I'm, not I'm no Trump fan, but that's I, premature. Yeah. But I, I don't think you can label every single person that walked into that rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, those are not the sort of people who would like listen to our podcast or would like you know hang out would hang out with. But at the same time, <laughs> calling them Nazis is a bit extreme. Exactly. Yeah, it was it was intense. It really was, but I really thought nothing was gonna happen because of just how clamped down it was with the police. It was more I've never seen more police in my life. Well, so the way what happened was early on, uh, my friends and I we were down there and we were walking towards Monroe where we ended up standing, and we walked past uh, the group of Antifa protesters, and we were like, "Oh, that's bad news," and. I mean, we stood there for about an hour, hour and a half, and nothing happened. So we were like, oh, this is fine. And then, oh, I guess it was 8, 8.15, 
someone, a couple of them were like, we're going to leave and go get food. So I was like, all right, I, I would like to stay, but I've seen this. I've experienced it. Nothing bad happened. I'll head out. And then we got back up to the dorms and we looked out the window and just saw the tear gas and we were like, tear gas in the air. wow, like, what, what happened? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, according to looking it up, it looked like people, a couple people got rowdy and threw water bottles and stuff at the cops and then they responded. The cops responded because they not only saw people throwing things at them, but they also saw large groups who, by the way, had put it on Facebook. So the cops probably could have looked it up and done their research and known that at this time, all these groups were marching towards the Capitol building to mm. protest the Confederate statues. Mm. But at the same time, the cops were standing there and not knowing love him or hate him. Yeah. The most important man in the United States was behind them in that building. Yeah. So if, pe if things getting thrown at them and people are walking right at like, them, yeah, wa yeah, right at them or just walking in a large group in a certain direction. Yeah. I don't know if tear gas was the only solution or the best solution, but yeah. it definitely was a solution that quickly diffused a lot of the issue. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like it just stayed at the street. It kind of like spread around a couple streets because there were kids that were coming back from the baseball club meeting in Tempe and they just walked right out of the bus and all of a sudden there's like tear gas in the air. So those couple kids came back with like tear gas in their eyes. It was pretty bad actually. It I mean, interesting situation. the media blew up the situation, in my opinion, but at the same time, I mean, it was pretty crazy, given the fact that, like, it, everything was going on two blocks down the street, and, I mean, you're just, like, in your dorm, and you can see it from yeah. a couple, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's part of why I'm torn, because, like, there were innocent students that, because of the way it spread, got affected to an extent, but, and maybe the cops didn't need to throw tear gas, but at the same time... Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not a trained cop. I don't know what they were trained to have as their options when things went downhill were. And so, and they were defending, they were protecting and serving the president, the president of the United, United States, States and the other people in that building. Yeah. Because whether you disagree with the people who were in the rally in support of Trump or not, the police's job is to keep the two sides from clashing Especially at each other. Especially what happened in Charlottesville. I mean, Especially like, after this, that, yeah. this coming off, the, like, it's almost a given that, like, something like tear gas would be thrown if, if anything slightly hostile would happen because of what happened in Charlottesville and how that was, I, I, I guess, poorly dealt with. And, I mean, yeah, there were no white supremacists in, in this group. Maybe there were a few in the Trump rally, but I don't know for sure. Uh, I'm just guessing. Um, but... It, it, I don't totally blame the cops on this one, even though I'm, it, I, like, I'd be, like, when they deserve criticism, I'll give them criticism, but, like, in this situation, I thought they were, like, really um, just doing their job, really. And when I talked to one of them while down at the rally, they all, he seemed, like, he seemed pretty calm, he seemed pretty cooperative, and he told us um, the best way to get back to where the protesters were. Um on the street because everyone's r r running around. I mean, even the light rail was running um, just on the block over. And it was just a lot of people, a lot of yelling, a lot of police officers. It was it was a heck of a scene. I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity there. And it's just two blocks down from our campus. 
two blocks from here, actually, where we're, record- we're recording this podcast. So yeah, I'm I'm really glad I got the chance to attend and yeah, and experience that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was an experience. It was an experience, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's everything I got on that pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So on a lighter note, we are currently in week three of the NFL preseason, and I believe this weekend is when, or early next week, is when college football games begin. Mm-hmm. So, you got any uh, predictions for how the NFL playoffs will end up? Like, who's going to win the divisions? Who's going to win the, the wild card? So, where do you want to start with, like, the AFC East? That's an easy division yeah. to start or end with that division. I don't know. Because the Patriots will win the AFC East. I don't want to explain too much about that. We'll do a football yeah, there's there's nothing to go into. To go on that one, um, then for like I'd AFC North. If I had to just pick a team right now off the top of my head, I'd probably go with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh looks good as long Definitely, as yeah. Bell stays healthy. They should win the division. I mean Cincinnati. Eh, I mean they're improving, that, that's but they're not. The, they're not. I mean like team. as long as Marvin Jones is still the head coach, like they. Yeah, they have trouble. Marvin Lewis, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin Jones is a wide receiver. Marvin Lewis is, along with Marvin Lewis is their head coach. They're not going to improve that much, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. at least. And then Cleveland's Cleveland. And, and Baltimore's on the decline. Baltimore's, Baltimore's not terrible. No, they're not terrible, but they're on the decline. They've got an aging quarterback. That's true. They do have, but the, the defense... Defense I like is that still defense. strong. The defense, the defense is, still is still strong. Still good. But like I think the best all-around team yeah. in the AFC North it's is the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh especially if those, Especially if their young front seven improves, and it probably will. The AFC South, I think, is the s- most interesting division in the yeah. I'd say AFC right now. To be honest, I would say Houston. I There's think, a lot of teams. I mean, you can even make a case for Jacksonville. but like As long as they don't throw Blake yeah. Bortles out there every Sunday. Yeah, but I mean... <laughs> But, but yeah, I like no, Tom, yeah. I have faith in Tom Coughlin. That's why he's he's a good coach. Did you hear Chad Henney might be the starter in Jacksonville? Oh my! He's goodness. starting this week for their preseason game, and if it goes Number well, three. That's, he that's may a big, start yeah. the beginning of the season. Yeah. And obviously, the Colts, if Andrew Luck stays healthy, they I heard he might be out for have week potential. One. I heard he might be out for week one. You hear about that? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it was a shoulder injury. Yeah, shoulder injury he might be out for week one. But if he, um, can, if he can stay, if Andrew Luck can stay healthy, then. There, which he won't. But if he could, <laughs> then they they have a they have a say. If there's no one around him, no. it's like the 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 reason why he gets hurt is because of the offensive line. I think it's not. I don't know. It's really just him. It's but there's the there's line. never been anyone around him, and they've they've done a good job of competing. Somehow in that competing, and we don't really understand why. So if he I think healthy, Houston's yeah yeah. I think yeah. Houston Houston's, looks good. I think Houston wins the division. Because I'm a big Watson guy. I think Watson's going to be pretty... Is uh, Anything's an upgrade over Brock Osweiler. So as long <laughs> as he's just better than Brock Osweiler, they should win the division again. Even though I like Tennessee a lot too. So Yeah, I mean, I'm biased towards the Titans. But I think definitely in the AFC, the best running back duo is DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. Yeah. And I think... Rashard Matthews is going to have a good year this year. Mm, I like the Eric Decker side. Eric Decker's a great pickup in the offseason. Delaney Walker is, once you when Gronk gets injured, jumps up to third, fourth best tight end in the league. Because he's had a good season. Mm. He's had a good past few seasons. He gets concussed every once in a while. but Yeah. He's had, and Marcus Mariota is a hard guy to count out. 
Yeah, I, he's just such a talented player. I've always liked him more than James Winston, for example. I mean, he, he's he's good. He has good accuracy. He's excellent with his mobility skills. He makes plays. You know, he's solid mechanics. It's just his frame is he's too slight of a frame, which is why he's injury prone. Like I remember going to a Patriots Titans game and seeing Mariota on the sidelines, and he was just really slightly framed. He's not as big as a guy as you think, at least in my opinion. So that's that's going to be an interesting division because mm. I think it comes down to Houston, Tennessee, and I don't know when they last play each other. It'll come yeah. down to that game. Mm. But you can also make a case or if Chad Henney very just, easily yeah. for Indianapolis, and you could with Allen Hearn or Allen Robinson and Hearns mm. and Leonard Fournette, you can make a there is a case to be made, and that defense for, is improved. And then they got like a lot. They have a lot of the young talent on that Jaguars team, and now like Tom Coughlin's in charge now, so that brings more stability, I think, with that Jaguars franchise. How about the AFC West is the other division we have to do. The AFC and division. that'll be an interesting one too. Mm. I don't know if it'll be as interesting, but it will be interesting because you've got the Chiefs, who aren't a great team, but they've got they've got talent. Alex Smith always yeah, they're the Chiefs pulls it out. They're solid. Yeah. They're going the to be good at defense. The Broncos have the best defense in the league, so that'll and uh, Houston might have the best defense in the league, but it's debatable. It's debatable. It's, I, I really they're, like they're both, defense. They're up. They're both. Yeah, they're both up there. Top five. Just say top five. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Denver's top five has a top five defense. Chiefs have a great defense. It's tough. To, it's tough. To Trevor say. Simeon. I'm a big Trevor Simeon out. guy. I like him a lot. Paxton Lynch could win the job by the end, but yeah, we'll see how that ends up. Mm. Oakland's got a scary offense. Mm. They lost a couple linemen. Yes. That'll and Marshawn Lynch isn't fantastic, but Derek Carr and Amari Cooper is a great combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the top. And we'll see about AFC. Marshawn Lynch, right? Yeah. It could be a good signing. It could be a bad signing. Yeah. We'll see. The Chargers are just the team in that division that there's not much of a case for. No, but I kind of like the Chargers. <laughs> not going to lie. They're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not that bad. They're not that bad. No, they're, they're not just, as bad as you think. They're, they're not like a, they're just in a division that they can't They're not zero and sixteen bad. Like they're about as good as Buffalo or or Miami without Tannehill. Without Tannehill, with yeah. Tannehill, that's a potential playoff team. But without him, I mean, they got Jay Cutler. So I, I have think, many feelings on Jay Cutler. I think the way this playoffs go, at least the bracket to start off in the AFC side is obviously the AFC East is won by the Pats. The Pats. The North, I think the Steelers take. Yeah. Then Houston. Houston or Tennessee. Houston or Tennessee. And I think Tennessee takes a wild card spot. Yeah, I think I think whoever doesn't win the AFC South takes a wild card spot. Yeah, and that includes I mean Oakland's not as not quite as strong as it was last year, and you can and you know, yeah, what I, if Alex Smith, like what if Alex Smith just isn't enough anymore? You know, for Kansas City that is. Yeah, the AFC West is an odd one because yeah. one of those teams will get the second wild card spot, mm. but I it's too early to with say. those teams to say because. Trevor Simeon could go off, or he could not show up just as it went last year. I think he's solid. I'd want him as my starting quarterback. I think he's way better than Paxton Lynch. I don't know about you, but... He's he's better than Paxton Lynch. I just don't know if he's good enough to win a division or even get a wild card spot. Yeah, but last year they lost a lot of close games at the end of games, and the it was the opposite the year before, which is one of the reasons why they won the Super Bowl. It was like a team of destiny, and then last year was like the opposite of that. So this year, I mean, they'll win some of those close games, and they'll be more of like a 10-6, 11-5 team instead of a, what, what they go, like 7-9, something like that. 
Something like that. Mm-hmm. They started off the season great, and then they ended up falling off by the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, next, just so obviously just the NFC whip through the NFC East. NFC East is going to be a toss. I think Dallas ends up pulling that one out, but I will say for the first six weeks mm-hmm. that will be the Giants. To you don't lose. think the Giants? I don't. When Zeke gets back behind the best offensive line in the league. I don't think that the Giants It'll will be, be able close. to win that The Giants division. are a little overrated this year because they still have no line and no running game. So it's like Well, and I okay. do think I do think that's another AFC South situation where whoever falls to second in that division, whether it's the Cowboys or the Giants, picks up that first wild card spot. Mm. I just think like I don't think that the Cowboys will have as good of a season as they had last year where they no, ended they up won't. top in the NFC. Yeah, but I, don't see it, I yeah. do think that Especially division is theirs yeah. to lose. Yeah. Dallas didn't really improve on their secondary either. That's, that's what really killed them last year. Especially in the NFC division, this NFC divisional game, yeah, against Green Bay. That really killed them. Roger, Rogers carved them up, but Rogers carves everybody up. Speaking so. of Green Bay and the NFC North, they're that's, winning, that's, the that's who they'll win. Yeah, they'll, they'll win, they'll win yeah. that division. Detroit will be weird again. No reason to think any the other Vikings way. The Vikings won't do anything. Chicago might be even worse. I don't think they'll win more than four games this year. Yeah, I mean, we could say that about a lot of teams, too. So it's tough to say. Like, Trubisky's will be the interesting factor in that. The sooner that they start him, the better off they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean... Not in terms of getting not, a playoff spot. not in the but right the, situation. Yeah. That's all I'm just saying. Like, he should have gone to a team where he sits for, like, two or three years and develops because he's really raw. But he's really talented. You can see the talent. It's just, like, he just needs time. I mean, he's only started in, like, what, like, 13 college games that's it it's a small he's number. very limited college experience he's a one-year starter in college so that's a that, that's a problem especially if he's the star week one and mike lennon i like mike lennon but he apparently but he's looked terrible in the preseason so yeah yeah um the nfc south is i think and i'm biased I think, grabs, I think atlanta wins i it, think though. atlanta wins it but i think it's going to be another it's going to be like the afc south you could make a case for Carolina is going to be yeah. a strong team. You could make a case for Tampa Bay because yeah, Tampa's they picked a good up team. they picked up Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, yeah, big and pickup. I still do agree that Marcus Mariota is better than Jameis Winston, and yeah. I think Jameis Winston is arguably the worst starting quarterback in that division. Not that it's an easy division. That's to true, be actually. Yeah, I'm like at first I'm he's like, a good quarterback, crazy, but he's like, wow, it's true. Like he's a good quarterback, but he's and he's the arguably the worst in that division. But he's he's got the talent. Around him, mm. with Doug Martin at running back, mm. and <laughs> Doug Vincent <Martin>. Jackson, <laughs> Mike Evans, and Deshaun Jackson as his top three Jackson, receivers. Jackson and Evans, that'll be a dynamite one-two. And then O.J. Howard at tight end. O.J. Howard's going to be amazing this year. It's going to be... He might be, be one of the three best tight ends in football by the end of the year. But I think the, the Saints are the only team you can't really make a case for in no, that division. They're just so bad at defense. Drew Brees will still throw 5,000 yards. Yeah. And AP will go off, but the defense eh, won't be able to do anything. not an AP guy. But anyway, beside the fact, he's old. He's running back over on the wrong side of 30 with injury problems. I don't think that works. Especially last year, he did nothing. And even when the games he played in, he had poor games. So I don't think he's any good anymore. So that's why I avoided him for fans. I mean, obviously the... I like Mark Ingram better. I'm Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram hasn't had a good season in the NFL yet. I'm Mark Ingram, Brad. 
also the Saints lost Brandon Cooks, so... That's true. But, I mean, I, f- I feel like you put anybody in that Saints system and they'll, and they'll figure it out. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Mark Ingram had 1,000 yards rushing two years ago and 700 yards the year before with less carries. He's not bad. He also only It's also a passing offense. In two seasons. It's also a passing offense. They're not going to be... The point is, their offense will be fine. Their offense will be fine. Their defense We're talking will way suck. too much about the Saints. Yeah. They're um, not going to... There's no discussion for the Saints being in the playoffs, so yeah, I don't know yeah, why we're yeah. talking about Okay. Then NFC West. NFC West, Seahawks. Yeah, Seattle's loose, yeah. You know, I like what San Francisco did this offseason, picking up all those veterans. Like I like how I liked what Cleveland did, which is basically, you know, the Sam Hickey Sixers model of just like tank, 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 get all the picks you can. Um, Danny Ainge model, but um, <laughs> I know one or two things about that. Um, yes, but uh, I think it's definitely Seattle's to lose because LA stinks. San Francisco's still not going to be good, obviously. And, and Arizona's then, uh, a very Arizona is like, like how good is Carson Palmer anymore? Do we know? We we don't know. We don't know. He one game he'll go out and throw two hundred fifty yards, and then yeah. the next game he'll throw three picks. Yeah, that's. Carson, that's that's like his whole career. Larry Fitzgerald's solid though. Yeah, he'll be good again. But I think that's Seattle's to lose, and I don't think yeah. they lose it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arizona's defense might keep him in some games. Yeah. Well, Arizona is interesting. Like, I mean, this was a team that won like twelve games two years ago, and last year they were like what seven and nine, six and ten. They were below five hundred. I think it was seven, eight, and one because they had that tie. Oh yeah, that's stupid game where they missed all the field goals. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, they, it's a weird team, really, and they lost Clay's Campbell, too, so that's gonna hurt the defense a little bit, but I think their defense will be fine in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much, that's the NFL there for you. It's the NFL. As the team, uh, who we think will make the playoffs, yeah. Um, but going on right now, like, um, in season is baseball, so let's talk a little bit about, a little bit about baseball. Um... The Dodgers God, won Hill. today, and Rich Hill yesterday. Yeah. yeah, how does how does the team that as much as I hate the Dodgers, how does the best team in the league, who could lose a a large majority of their games and still have triple digit wins, not score a single run, while their pitcher is throwing a no hitter? Um. I've been hearing late, like, I was listening to the Dodgers broadcast today about the game that they actually won. Apparently, they've been, like, leaving guys in scoring position, like, lately, like, the last few games. Which is not a good sign. Apparently, left 10 guys on base last game. That's not a good sign when you've got to go. Because right now, they're playing the Pirates, who... Or a mediocre team at at best. So, when you have to go in and play a team like Arizona, who is extremely hot right now... Mm. Or a Cubs team that is also very hot right now. Mm. The Cubs are arguably the hottest team, best team in the second half of the season. They've been great. I mean, other than the Dodgers, but, but except yeah. for the Dodgers. But lately, between the, we're but when your them. first round matchup is going to either be the Diamondbacks who are hot, the Cardinals if they overtake the Rockies, and if even if the Rockies win that, they will have to be just the as Cardinals hot. are hot. Yeah, either of those teams will have to be hot to get second in the wild card. Yeah. Or the Cubs, who are arguably the hottest team since the All-Star break, mm. and you are leaving runners in scoring position, you are not in a good situation. Mm. Mm. Um, 
I think Arizona will hold on. They're a good, well-rounded team. I know St. Louis is creeping up to them, but I don't know if St. Louis. I don't is think the Arizona will. Host I don't know if the Paul DeYoung. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if Paul DeYoung is going to keep up this hot streak he's having for St. Louis. Um, I think Arizona will host the wild card game because I don't know how. It's just Colorado's pitching is just such a, you know, hit or miss. Yeah, it's so it's just not good. I mean, they don't have a single guy with an ERA under four. It's just. Consistent theme with them, but they've hit so well this year that they're probably going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I could St. Louis could overturn them because it's St. Louis and just the history there and the way they develop players. And even when, even though they got off to a god awful start, now they're they've been churning, especially in the second half. But um, I think Colorado still hangs on. The offense is really good. I think the they're offense will healthy. keep them into the wild card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say though, a more interesting. St. Louis, Arizona is definitely a more interesting wild card game between the two options. Yeah, yeah, but, those are two pretty well rounded. But I think Colorado holds on, and we see a divisional yeah. matchup leading into another divisional matchup. Yeah, when they face the Dodgers and probably lose, but you never know. The Dodgers are a team that the Dodgers loses. are cooling off, and That's they true. are known for choking. It's still playoffs. early. I mean, what if they catch fire in September? But I mean, my point is more with that is like they're just not good in the playoffs. Yeah, they're never good in the playoffs, and yeah. I think the worry for me is last year you saw a Cubs team that even when they got to 70, 80 wins in August, yeah, there was still a fire under their ass. Yeah. Right now, this Dodgers team looks like a team that's sitting there and they're like, oh, we're 20 games up on the Diamondbacks, let's just relax and we'll make the playoffs and we'll be fine, we're the best team in baseball. Yeah. There is no fire that's in true. that clubhouse right now. And well, is, there's nothing pressuring them, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing pressuring yeah. them, and they don't have any desire to just go out there and continue winning games, mm. and that is not a mindset you want to have mm. 30 days out. Yeah, not only did the Cubs the have that pressure from underneath them, they also had the fact that they haven't won a World Series in 108 years, and I mean, that just, that's automatic pressure right there. And Los Angeles is a very laid-back market, even though there's a lot of Dodgers fans out there. It's still pretty laid-back um, yeah, media market. There's different situations. And, yeah, and the fact that they're, even though the two teams behind them are probably going to make the playoffs, they're still like 20 games up, something absurd like that. They had, And I think before yesterday, they had a better road record than every single other team in baseball had it as a home record, which is absurd. So, I mean, that's how far up they are on everybody else, and that, that could potentially spell danger. Like, I mean, the Mariners, yeah. the 116 win Mariners team lost in the first round. Like, it could easily happen. Well, I mean, the Cubs won, what, 112 games last year? Something like that, yeah. Something like that, and whether it was the 108-year streak or the fact that the NL Central was competing for a chunk of the season, because it wasn't until after the All-Star break that the Cubs started to pull show up and pull away, mm. whether it's that or whether it was just that they kept that fire going, there was a clear fire the entire season, and we just... We haven't seen that recently with the Dodgers, mm. and it could be they could light it up when mid-September rolls around or when October starts, but it could also spell trouble when you've got a team like the Cardinals or the Rockies or the Diamondbacks that have been hot for a good amount of time. Yeah. Or the Cubs, even, that you're playing yeah. early on. The Diamondbacks are a really well-rounded team. Um uh, I'm working on an article right now for the state press about like how they have a puncher's chance at the World Series because that's like a really they're 
Adding J.D. Martinez lengthened their lineup more, and once they get Owings and Ahmed back, it will add more depth to the middle infield, and I think that will lengthen out their lineup more, especially with Owings. He's a good hitter. The kid's a good hitter. Um, and they already have an excellent rotation. They're second in the National League in ERA at the moment. So I, it's, as long as the bullpen hangs on, like with Rodney, I know he's a giant wild card, and I, I know like half the teams in the league have had him, and they know exactly what I'm talking about. But He's a, he's a hit or miss Closer. He's a hit or miss closer, which is Trust not, me. which is typically not what you want when you're in October for a World Series. Yeah, but but every team has a flaw. But every team has a flaw, and if we're going to bring up a well-rounded team with a hit or miss closer, the Giants team that won three World Series in six years had, had Brian Wilson and then Sergio Romo yeah, as like, their closers, no. which are two of the most hit or miss closers. Not Mar- not Mar- in the last twenty years. <laughs> yeah. And those teams were extremely well-rounded everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. There was there was not a single weak point. Yeah. In the defensive side. Yeah, and those teams won with pitching. Those Giants teams won with pitching. Guess what? The Steinbecks team has pitching. Pitching. And I know we might sound biased because we're sitting here in Arizona and we're two blocks away from the but from that's a good Chase team. Field. But that's still a good team. I like the well-roundedness of it. I even think... though as of late, like. They lost the first wild card spot, and they've been trading back and forth with Colorado all year for that. But I still think, like on paper, and once they get healthy, well, and here's team. my hot take of the night. Okay, I think because you look at the teams that will be in the playoffs, I think the team that makes it out of the National League is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Because the two teams with the higher spots, the Dodgers and the Nationals, yeah, are historically known for choking in the playoffs. Yeah, and between the Cubs and the Diamondbacks. The Cubs will beat the Nationals, but then the Cubs, the while Cubs they're, hot, are, they're hotter, yeah. but they're not as well-rounded as the Diamondbacks, and they will mm-hmm. have that pressure. I don't know about that. The more uh, the more I would say, the, the reason why I'd say the Cubs would l- probably lose is just because of the fact that no teams won the Well, World yeah, that's, that's what I was also about to get yeah, to. Yeah, was yeah. Then there's the pressure of the fact that you're trying to win back-to-back years yeah. of a World Series when you haven't won in 108 years before last year's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... I don't know, I just, that's what I certainly feel like. But I, I think, again, like, the Cubs are a really well-rounded team. they got an excellent closer in Wade Davis. Their, their rotation has playoff experience, even though it hasn't pitched that well this year. And offensively, you know, they got guys who have been there. It's like the whole, they have talent, even though it hasn't performed well, but at the same time, once they get there, they've all been there. And that's a big advantage over Arizona. But at the same time, like, that pressure of, I mean, just the lack of precedent of a team winning the World Series back to back years. I think it, I think if I had to, like, if you had to put a gun to my head, I'd say Chicago would get out of the National League, but at the same time, I think Arizona would be like my second pick. They will be playing each other in the NLCS. Yeah, yeah. And we have differing opinions, yeah. but... Yeah. Similar opinions. Because I like Arizona. They have a puncher's chance at the World Series. They, World Series, they really do. And, and it'll be interesting to see when we get... If, if Arizona makes it to the World Series... It will be interesting to see because Houston is a very talented offensive team. Yeah. With good to great defensive players. Yeah. Not very many offensive all stars outside of the middle infield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but and their pitching is very hit or miss. Uh, well, can it stay healthy? That's the yeah. thing. Like that's the. I mean, that's the problem. So is the, the current, pitcher, good the to current rotation games. is very hit or miss. Yeah. And when they have their other starters, they can't stay healthy very long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I yeah, my in my opinion, Houston it was has been the better and hotter team all year, but uh, I think the I think my team has a chance through the Red Sox. Like if you either pick a second team out of the American League, it's either Boston or Cleveland, and that that'll be an interesting series too yeah. because in ALDS series, yeah. both of them have been heating up since the All Star break. Mm. Mm. Exactly, um, especially. Boston. I mean, we've been really good as of late. I'm really excited. The the Devers, the calling up Devers has really sparked the offense. Eduardo Nunez also has really sparked. And I think um, the offense. I think the American League is going to have an interesting uh, mm. wild card game as well mm. because we will probably probably get see New, New York, York against somebody. I'm thinking it's the Angels. I don't know. I don't think it's Minnesota, even though Minnesota's right there right now. I Sano just got hurt. And but between I don't the know Angels, how they're doing the Royals, it. They don't have a closer. <laughs> the Angels, the Royals, or the Mariners, between those teams, mm. you will see one of them play in New York mm. to get the chance to play most likely the Astros. Yeah. And then and the Mariners are in it. Like I, I guess you pick the Angels, like, but it's tough. I think it's Tampa's tough. kind of out of it now. I know. I know the Orioles technically are like the Athletics three or four are games back, but clearly like, out of it. Yeah, the A's are way, way, way out of it. And Texas is technically in it too because they're they, technically in it, and they've had yeah. some good games, but then they yeah, yeah, show yeah. up and they yeah. choke a few games away. Um, but I, I, I guess it's the Angels. I mean, if you have to pick a team, because if, I, if the Twins can keep it together, then the, tw- the Twins. They I don't have I don't a closer and Snow's hurt. They got no. They're second yeah, best I don't hitters. Expect Brian Dozier together, together but if they can, yeah, yeah, it's like. I um I I think I go with the Angels because I, I, after Trout even even after Trout their lineup's not bad and somehow they're putting it together pitching wise with guys. This is like, the Angels team that this is what people expected the Angels to be like four or five years ago when Trump came when Trout came out. Yeah, yeah. Was they expected them to be a team a contender that yeah. would contend not necessarily win the division although at mm-hmm. this time the Astros sucked and the. Rangers were the next best team in the yeah, yeah, we thought division, so we thought the Angels would be winning divisions and going off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but now we're finally seeing that yeah, come to yeah, fruition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately for them, the Angel or the Astros have finally gotten good, and yeah, the yeah. Red Sox are playing very good baseball, and the yeah, Indians yeah. are playing very Pitching good baseball. Wise especially what the Red Sox have, unlike what any other team has, is they have like arguably one of the best pitch, like one of the three best pitchers in the game going for them. So. If you throw them three times in the series, it's a pretty good shot. You're going to win those three games. You just have to sh- scratch across one more win. Um, so as, as long as we can hit in the playoffs, then I think we'll be fine. Uh, but it, I think Houston's still the favorite given the fact that they have some playoff experience <laughs> because two seasons ago they, they were what, not, what, nine outs away from being Kansas City. And the, that Royals team ended up going, up, going on to win the World Series. So... This is a similar team from that team two years ago. They haven't changed too much. And if Keuchel and company stay healthy in the postseason and pitch well in the postseason, then they got a real good shot of getting to the World Series. I think they'd be my pick. I'd say Chicago and Houston, and maybe Houston edges them out, something like that. But, I mean, it's pretty. It's a very unpredictable year like every single other year in baseball. I think, and here's my prediction before we move on to... Game the next topic, which is Game of Thrones, the way I think this is going to play out is we will see a Diamondbacks Red Sox World Series. And I don't really know how to see that one going because that's two teams 
that have very good offensive players, but are built from their pitching staff. Houston's offensive. No, no, no. Boston. Oh, yeah, Boston. Yeah, Boston. Boston and, and Arizona. Boston, Arizona. Yeah, my bad. No, no you're good. Um, yeah, exactly. Those are two teams built from their pitching staffs, and because I think I think if, have offensive comp. I think obviously if you got Houston, Arizona, it could be very reminiscent of the Giants' three World Series victories, where they came up against a team that had an ace like Dallas Keuchel, but yeah. that was very offensive minded. Yeah. But with Boston and Arizona. Those are two teams that are built from the rotation mm. onwards. Mm. Who have and they both have very good batting lineups, but they're built from the rotation onward, mm. and it will be an interesting. Another wild card for Houston is that they have Carlos Beltran. That's a really good veteran who can steer the ship in the postseason, especially. I mean, he's hungry for a World Series appearance. But anyway, as your Red Sox Diamondbacks prediction goes, again, like he said. There's, those are two teams that are built from their pitching staffs. And I think it's one that would go into seven. Ish. At that point, at that point, I don't. I think the Red Sox being at home in Game Seven would pull it out, but I could see that one going into seven, and go either way. I think we're a better team than Arizona, but I think Arizona would be the hotter team going yeah, into the series. Very much so. Yeah, I mean it's one of the, like. The hot team wins in these in baseball these baseball scenarios, so it's a little early to predict these things. But I feel like this is the sort of postseason where like somebody unexpected is just gonna like catch fire and take over the postseason. Like, what if Steven Strasburg just like goes off for Washington or something, or the Angels? Heck, the Angels. I'm, nothing. Colorado's not no, getting Colorado, anywhere. Colorado's no. I'm sorry, Ethan. Colorado's not going. Not getting anywhere. What if Aaron Dredge suddenly heats up again? I doubt that. I don't either, but that's... I doubt this, that. This he would struck be the out. He's been striking out. He struck out like 37 straight times. I mean, it's, it's, it's He's not doing there. well. It's terrible. But, um... Uh, that's the Yankees don't have the pitching, even if they did win the wild card game. It's like Severino would go game one, and I guess they'd have to like draw on the Montgomery in game two. It would be weird. Like, Sonny Gray. I'm not a big Sonny Gray fan. His stuff isn't as good as it used to be. Anyway... He's great as a three or four guy, but he's not... Yeah. He's not your ace. He's not. Yeah, he's not. He was like four or five years ago. He's with Houston, that, with Oakland, that great, with that great curveball. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's we, pretty much what we got for baseball at the moment. Um, the next topic on the panel is probably going to be about Game of Thrones. Um, the new episode comes out in three days. So if you're not caught up, turn Catch it up. off now. Turn it off now. Catch up. Catch and then up. And come back in 67 hours when you finally watch the entire show. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, uh, yeah, so. What, what are your thoughts? Damn. We still haven't watched an episode together. We gotta do that. <laughs> but damn, the Night King has just improved. That's a big win. He was winner of the week. Yeah, every week they have on, on Twitter, they have like Amazon poll, like winner of the week, and I think it was Night King. Because, I mean, if you anyone who gains a dragon especially like especially with that army yeah like an ice breathing dragon yeah with yeah. a giant army i feel like was that his entire army that drogon like eviscerated in this episode i feel like it was or is that just like a section of it it's weird. i think that was a i feel section. like you can just add people that is a very large army that is very easy to just continue to yeah grow yeah it was like a, a football stadium worth of people 
And that's like a section of his army. Yeah, that was stupid. Not even a quarter of his army. Oh, I don't even. Who knows? Like, it was. I think it was a good episode. I've nit. I, you can nitpick a few things here. Since I I have some nitpicks with it. I think there's been some, a little. It's been they've been a little. People have been a little too harsh on it. It's just some of the feedback I've gotten on the episode. But I still think it was really entertaining. I think the the dialogue in the beginning of the episode as they're walking. Um, to the to the mountain uh, on the other side of the wall was excellent. I think the dialogue about like succession of the throne after Daenerys takes it was over very was good. excellent. I think the the acting obviously was superb. I mean, like it was still I think it was an awesome episode, probably top five in my opinion. But I mean, we'll get to uh, well, we'll just get the nitpicks right now. Like the one my <laughs> one of the slight problems I have is like there's. The scene, the scene when Jon's running back to the dragon, he gets just tackled by, like, three walkers. And he's getting dragged down in frozen water with three walkers. And yet he somehow is able to beat off the walkers and then swim up while his limbs are, like, frozen because he's been out there for, like, days and days. So that's a little much. I, I, I don't know about you. Like, what are your thoughts on like that? Little yeah, that's one of those, that's one of those things that I've noticed. That's one of my nitpicks for this entire season that I've noticed is it's gone away from the original game of Thrones where there was never a safe character. Yeah. And, it's a little safe now. Like I agree like, between John Daenerys, Cersei, even, even Jorah and the hound. Yeah. And all I'll, he killed was, uh, I'm not good with names. Thoros. Thoros, yeah. They killed Thoros. But between it. Tyrion, Jon, <laughs> Daenerys, uh, Cersei, Jorah, the Night King, yeah, they're, like, they're, they're all alive. safe and all alive. alive. And you know they're not going to die. That's the thing. Like in the pre- previous episodes, they would have killed off Cersei by now. And I'd much rather, I'd much rather know that they're not going to die and not have them be put in these dangerous situations. Yeah. Than have them be like, than have them be put in these situations yeah. where it's like, oh yeah. look, this person could die, and then just they yeah. magically survive. I feel like the, obviously the effects in this in this season are better. I, I think that's obvious, but there hasn't been as much small talk because there's only seven episodes, and I think the fact that they made it only seven episodes is kind of like throwing them off their game just a tad bit. But I still, it's still spectacular though. Oh, like, I mean, yes. that, that doesn't change our mind. Like, we still like Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. don't, like, don't worry. Don't worry. This is just um, our nitpick. Is that yeah, the season is yeah, yeah, very like, yeah. Like that was a that was such a predictable episode. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I, I mean, also, I could have seen everything coming. Nitpicking. Kind of. I also have an issue with this whole expedition up to get a White Walker. Like, this I guess, I like, can defend. Actually. Well, I, I understand them writing it. Like, I see, I get that they wrote it in so they could just be like, "Here, look, this is how we'll convince people that the White Walkers exist." But I also didn't think they needed to have this make it a big expedition where you throw ten major characters out that's in the true. wild. That's true. They didn't need. They didn't need and like make a big show of characters. it. Okay, that's true. Like you could make. But at the same one... time, you need to make like you know, the only way you get Daenerys to go fight them is if she sees them that's with any of them like the only way you're gonna set up for season eight is if one of the major characters not named Jon snow sees white walkers i mean it's the only way you do it because nobody believes nobody believes yeah i don't have an issue with the story being written in that they needed to find a white walker to show them i have an issue with the way they did it okay because i would much rather have seen 
John and maybe two or three people go up and try and like ambush and get a single White Walker rather than have this group of ten just march and go it's into t- battle. It's, with it's half hard to get a White Walker with only like two or three people though in their defense. That's the thing. Like, I think you need like if there were only two or three of them, they would have died off real quick. I feel like that's yeah. I guess yeah. That, that that's in my opinion at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Daenerys's logic is flawed in trying to like rescue them, like with the with all three dragons. I mean, yeah, that was definitely set up. I don't know. We'll see what they do. Let's let's see what George R. R. Martin does with the books. Like, is he gonna like? If this if the season does if the season ends well but not spectacularly, then I have a feeling he he might be like. Uh, motivated to like write a different ending for the books. You know what I'm saying? And we can read that or whatever. Even though I've never read the books. <laughs> have you actually? I have. You have. Okay. I have. You're... I'm waiting on the fifth one to come out. It's probably it not going to come out. Well, we'll see. It all depends on how good the uh, TV show is. Uh, but anyway, yeah. I mean, what would be your like? What would be a prediction you have for like the future of the like for next episode? How about that? In three days. Or season eight. So I think that we see, like, obviously we see that they're going to meet Cersei. Yeah, we are seeing the previews, yeah. And I think it's going to go, I think she'll see the White Walker and not care. Yeah. And it will go sour. And someone will die. Someone will die. I have a feeling like they're, they're going to pull of, out some stop in this episode. So they better, like, if, if they want to, like, kind of recover from a good but of from like an action-packed good but predictable episode they got to do something like unpredictable like how like... sansa kill littlefinger or we're i feel all like hoping for that to happen yeah we're all hoping for that and that's yeah. something that should happen sooner rather than later one one interesting point i'll make before you continue is that like bran bran is being like shown in these in the previews for this episode and in like the uh, in the pictures that they leaked, that they showed, like that they released, so I mean he has some sort of like yeah, role in this. Role. I don't know what it'll be. It'll be. I feel like it'll be a pretty big role though. So, yeah. And the only other thing that I expect to happen or predict will happen is we will see the Hound and the Mountain to get out. And I don't know if someone's gonna die. Like the Mountain's undead, but I'm sure he can be killed. Uh, the hound can be killed obviously i don't know if someone's gonna die but i do think i think they should they gotta kill they one of the battle. major characters someone who's like that would be the saving like jamie or something i don't know that would be the not that the season's been bad because it's been one of the it's been one of the better it's half been of the, the best action once season because like that when when danny attacked jamie's army that was the craziest freaking scene like ever like that was insane I, I love that episode so much. Like that was crazy. That was a crazy, crazy, crazy episode. I mean, even if even if you want to claim that this is the worst of the seasons, it's still being yeah, the worst. Season is, one, I don't think it is. Season one was slow in the first four episodes. I mean, I had trouble. But every TV them. show is. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like I had this. I mean, also season two, you can argue like that was just like I mean, bad even, guys want too even, much. Even even if you argue season seven is the worst season. It is still a very good season. Yeah, it's still awesome. In a great show. And, I, and people are still being too critical. I just think the one way to make this season better is, do better something is really to kill crazy. off a major yeah. character. Yeah. 
And I'd rather see the mountain beat the hound, oh, personally. That'd be good. Because as much as I love the hound, and like like as much as I've grown to like the hound's character. Yeah. yeah. Even though in the beginning we hated the yeah. character. Yeah. It's amazing how they've like developed these characters. I'd like to see the, the everyone would like to see Littlefinger die, but yeah. I'd like to also see Jamie and or the hound die because those are two characters that everyone hated early on. Yeah. But now they've grown like, to like. Like and then all of a sudden. So to dead. see them die. Yeah. Would be big. Would be big. Yeah. And maybe Jamie dies at the hands of the White Walkers, and that convinces Cersei to. How does that? How would that happen? Because we there's a White Walker. There's only one. To show them. But there's only one. I mean, the one the one White Walker just comes out of the bag and just kills Jamie. That'd be the weirdest. That'd be the weirdest thing. That'd be kind of cool though. I don't know. So all it takes is one. And he's not a very good fighter anymore. He got one hand. So that's a shot. That's just, it'd be kind of far fetched, but I can see that. Anyway, um, that's those, what we that, got on Thrones. Those are our wild thoughts. Wow, that's what we got on Thrones. Um, last thing, last thing is uh, as a pretty big subject um, for you basketball fans. Uh, Kyrie Irving just got traded the Boston Celtics for Isaiah Thomas, uh, Ante Zizic, Jay Crowder, and the Brooklyn Nets first round pick this upcoming season. Um, this is the first time in NBA history that two players who averaged 25 points per game or more got traded for each other the following that that up the next that coming upcoming off season, which is crazy. So this is this trade has basically never happened before. This this type of like momentous trade has never happened before. Um, as a Celtics fan, uh, I would, in my opinion. I'm I'm very excited for Kyrie Irving. He's one of the, the 15 best players in the league, one of the 10 best scorers in the league, just pure scores in the league. He's he's 25 years old. He has an NBA championship. He had a game-winning three in that game seven of that series. He is an, he's an Olympic champion. Was arguably the MVP of that team. And again, like he has an extra year in his contract. Unlike Isaiah Thomas, and Thomas has that hip has that hip problem. So it's an, obviously it's an upgrade of point guards, an upgrade of 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 uh, your star best player it's upgraded at the number one spot um you got a player who's accomplished as much as almost anybody in the league and yet he's only 25 so this best basketball is yet to come so i'm very very excited for him but i still think we gave up too much in the trade i, I think that and i also think i think it was i think so far we'll see how it plays out it was a pretty even trade in terms of talent traded around but yeah. I will say... It's the pick. It all comes down to the pick. It all comes down to the pick, which will probably be a top five pick. We'll see. That, that'll be interesting. Like, it could easily be top five, but I can also easily see it being, like, seven. Because, like, if you go down the teams and list, Orlando might be worse. Um, Indiana is probably worse. Atlanta, no offense, is probably worse. Than, than the Nets. Atlanta's than, bad, but worse than the Nets. The Nets, the Nets got D'Angelo Russell... The Nets picked uh, have no incentive to lose. The Nets have Damari Carroll. I know that sounds weird. And the Nets, they have some pieces. The, the Hawks are pretty bad, bro. Just because you're Asian and they have Jeremy Lin doesn't mean the Nets are going to... The Nets aren't terrible. I don't think the Nets are terrible. I really... I, they're, they might win 30 games. They're not as bad as they were last year. They improved. D'Angelo Russell... It'll be at best. Timothy Moskov. It'll be at worst a. Demar Carroll. Number. It'll be at worst the seventh pick in the draft. 
Yeah, which is fine. Then I'm happy, and I'm fine with, and I'm then I can but I live with the trade as long as as long as Kyrie Irving improves. Then I live with that trade. I think the only but if thing it's top three, then then I'm like, ugh, I'm like you. <laughs> I think the only thing I see, like, pick a side. The only thing I see for the Celtics that's interesting is Kyrie Irving is a is very much a just ball, can, ball hog. Play. Pull up and shoot all the time, kind of player, yeah. and that doesn't seem like. But he's never the really system had that the Celtics have been. Yeah, trying but he's to never build. really had. He's never been in the in like a situation where he's like the facilitator. Like the first few oh, years no, of his yeah. career, he was in like a terrible situation with Mike Brown as his head coach, and then LeBron came in. LeBron's the point guard. I mean, LeBron cancels the ball. LeBron facilitates it. Yeah, and but, I think it's probably one of the reasons why he wanted to leave is because he wanted to be the guy, the facilitator, the, you know, the point man, basically. But but part of me thinks. Yes, that's why he wanted to leave. Part of me also thinks he wanted to leave not because because he he could have been the facilitator, like the second facilitator, but instead he got the ball and pulled up. Part of me thinks he will go to Boston and just dominate the ball the way we saw Russell Westbrook or James Harden in the past few seasons do. I also but I And I'm not posit I'm not sure that's yeah, gonna happen, yeah, yeah. but this is a system in Boston that Isaiah Thomas, just based off of what we've seen by the two of them. Kyrie's more talented. Yeah. And the best his best basketball is yet to come on like IT. Yeah. But I think Isaiah Thomas fit this system better just based off of what we've seen yeah. the way Kyrie does. Yeah. Well, my counterpoint to that would also be that Brad Stevens is a better coach than Billy oh, Donovan or or uh who else have you just mentioned as like the ball hog sort of type. James Harden. Harden. Harden's an excellent facilitator. He averages like eight assists per game, which I would if he was if he's James Harden, then I'm happy. <laughs> it, yeah, it, unless he tries harder yeah. defense, <laughs> but he just has to try harder defense. Well, we have Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens is gonna find a way to like get him involved off the ball, make him more of a facilitator. And you know, Kyrie Irving is a player who wants to be the man. I think part of being the man is like getting your teammates involved and getting them. To play better, and I think Stevens is the perfect coach to get him to start doing that more often. Like, would 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 Curry be as good of a facilitator now if he if Steve Kerr wasn't his head coach? I don't think so. Or like, would like Kevin Durant? You saw his passing really improve this year. He's, you really saw it in the finals. A lot have to do with that as the coach. The system you're in is really affects how good of a passer, how willing, and how good of a passer you really are. And I think Irving's a player who has a lot of room to grow. So. I think he can be a facilitator, even though it'll it may be not seem like that at the moment. But I have faith in Brad Stevens, and he's one of the five best coaches in the league. I'm confident in saying that. Even as a Celtics fan, I might sound biased, but would you agree with that? I mean, he's definitely up there. Yeah, he's a, he's an awesome head coach. I do think, though, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in terms of does Kyrie stay? He'll stay. And just because... Even with the loss of Kyrie, the Cavaliers, I think, are still the best team in the East. I agree. I think the Celtics, not only because they just stole a player from the Cavs, but just because of the upgrade in talent with Kyrie over IT, I think the Celtics got closer Closer. to overtaking the Cavs, but I still think the Cavs are the best team in the East, and the Warriors are still the best team in the NBA. So it'll be interesting to see how this... Because if Kyrie stays... Longer than this contract. Yeah. Then this, he's with the this team Celtics when he's team, 27, 28, then this 29 Celtics years team old. And then, could be a team that once LeBron hits his decline and 
the once, Warriors. Once Clay Thompson yeah, leaves. Yeah. Or and... Thompson Lee. You know, the whole bunch of things. Like, the thing is, in NBA history, the only dynasty crazy super team that actually stayed together and kept on winning was Bill Russell Celtics. And he's the greatest winner of all time, the greatest teammate of all time. That's a giant exception. But, like, with every other, like, NBA dynasty, they've all crumbled to some degree. They all started, like, the Knicks teams in the early 70s. Magic, even Magic's Lakers teams, like they won five titles in, in a decade I mean, span, even, but at the same time, Kareem got the Celtics team. Kareem got, yeah, Bird got hurt. Kobe and Shaq got into a feud. LeBron left back for, went to Cleveland. Like, they just go down the line, and, you know, hell, Jordan played baseball. <laughs> Jordan went to go play baseball, and they muted that little dynasty. So I think something's going to happen to this Warriors team in the next year, two years, two, three years. Just to give it, like, two or three years. And, you know, Durant's knee, mm-hmm. Curry's ankles. I mean, they're not going to stay young forever. So I, I think it's a good I think it's a good power move to, to um, uh, go for the now, even though it may seem like they're not going to win the title now. Because, like, Irving's a now move and a future move because he's 25 years old. I think that's just the, my, my main reason in that. And, like, I know it sounds weird. And, like, really the only, like, older player they have on the roster is Al Horford. And even when... He's on the last year of his contract. You can use that deal as an expiring when you're a real contender. And that can be an asset. So, um, I like the idea. I like like the premises and the idea of the of this move and the off Celtics offseason in general. I know they gave, I think they in the Bradley trade they could have got a little more, and in this trade they gave up too much. But at the same time, the idea and the premises of it, and I can definitely see it working out for us. And I and I. And it's been a really crazy offseason for the Boston Celtics. They've Danny really came through and traded Danny. Yeah. Yeah, so we've hit an hour. Those are the wild thoughts that we've got for the for this week. Uh, we'll be back next Friday with some more wild thoughts. Yep. So later everybody. Later. That's delicious.